You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Thursday to you. We're talking Buffalo Bills cornerbacks today here on the podcast. And if it's the first time you've ever tuned into Locked On Bills, thank you for being here. And I hope by the end of this podcast, you will hit that subscribe button. This is our last performance review series podcast as it relates to defense. And to help us tie a ribbon on the defense in general, I'm going to have Bruce Nolan from the Bruce Exclusive Podcast on the pod tomorrow to answer a lot of the tough questions that I've uncovered through this process as it relates to the defensive side of the football. We did the same thing with Nate Geary on the offense. We're doing that with Bruce on the defense tomorrow, and then we'll do a special teams performance review podcast next week, and then we can really kind of turn the page here and talk about the offseason and you know, what Brandon Bean can do to improve this roster. But I thought it was really important that we did this first, uh, really evaluate the state of the roster before we dig into how the Bills can improve it. So uh, looking forward to what is to come here on Locked On Bills. So let's talk Bills cornerbacks. Trey White is up first, a 2017 first-round pick. He's 26 years old. He turns 27 in January. He signed through the 2025 season. And, you know, we just signed that big contract extension, but those years on the extension don't even start until next year. So uh, a lot of time left for Trey White under contract with the Buffalo Bills. In 2020, he played in 14 games with 14 starts and was on the field for 81% of the team's defensive snaps. As far as his review goes, Trey White continues to be an elite number one cornerback, one of the best in the NFL To give you some numbers on how good he was this past year, in nine of his 14 starts, he allowed less than 40 yards in coverage, and four times he allowed five yards or less. He continues to make big-time turnovers in key situations. He's elite in coverage, but what separates Trey White from so many other cornerbacks that are elite in coverage is that he also takes away the football. And my goodness, he does it in the most timely of moments in football games. I think the statistic is that since 2017, he has the most uh, fourth quarter takeaways in the NFL, and it's not very close. And I mean, that matters so much. Yeah, it's great that you can lock down your man, but can you take away the football? Yeah, Trey White certainly can. And that is that might be my favorite thing about him as a player is that he gives you that element in addition to top-tier coverage ability. In 2021, I'm just looking for more of the same from Trey White. and I mean, that's going to be the the same answer, hopefully for a long time, that he just continues to repeat the success that he has year over year. And, you know, we look back at this thing one day and say, wow, Trey White was one of the best Buffalo Bills of all time. And right now he's trending in that direction. He's been absolutely sensational since he became part of this team in 2017, and I'm just uh, enjoying having him on the team and uh, you know, looking forward to many, many, many good years just like he's had over the last uh, several. 
Next up is Levi Wallace, a 2018 undrafted free agent. He's 25. He turns 26 in June. His contract is expired. He's a restricted free agent. He played in 12 games with 12 starts last season and played 58% of the team's defensive snaps. As far as his review, I mean, the Miami games were both bad and the San Francisco game was bad. Otherwise, he played pretty well. You know, I I think there's always going to be a few games every year where Levi Wallace just gets exposed because he doesn't have those top traits, right? He's got a slender frame. It's not super quick. He doesn't have great speed. And there's times where he's just going to get bullied a little bit. But for the most part, he plays pretty well. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, he's he's a reasonable starter for this defense. And in the playoffs, he was really good. I mean, he was excellent in the playoffs. In those three playoff games, he was targeted seven times, gave up four completions, and conceded just 23 yards in three games. I mean, that's outstanding. So, you know, look, I am concerned about Levi Wallace as CB2. I want the Bills to upgrade there. But I think it's probably fair to take a step back and say, yeah, you know what? He's not that bad. My concern with Levi Wallace is that he has matchup deficiencies, right? He's he's a player that is going to be exposed by speed, and he's going to be exposed by, you know, big-time physical receivers like a Devontae Parker. And so that combined with his inability to help you in any type of man coverage situations and the fact that you kind of have to cheat to his side, I mean, he just restricts what you can do defensively. But at the end of the day, he's a reasonable starter. You know, and, and that's what makes him tough. That's what makes him tough to really value and um, appreciate is that there's just those moments and there's those situations where he can't help you. So what's my 2021 outlook? My question is, will he be back? I mean, he's a restricted free agent, so the Bills can match any deal that he's offered. But, I mean, he's kind of got a resume now. Been in the league since 2018. Since becoming a UDFA, he's started 35 games. He's allowed a passer rating against his coverage for his career of 86.9. Has four interceptions over the last two seasons. I mean, is he going to have a market? Is there a team that's going to want Levi Wallace and kind of drive up the price tag and the Bills won't get him back? I think it's kind of been easy to assume that Levi Wallace is going to be back for cheap. But again, that resume continues to expand and you know, you can't just keep getting away with these like minimum salaries for this player. So, I think he'll be back, but I don't know for sure and I don't think anyone does and to his credit, Levi Wallace has come into the league as a UDFA and become a reasonable starter. Well, reasonable starting cornerbacks get paid a little bit of money. Again, there's some scheme specificity as it relates to Levi Wallace. Not every team's going to want him, and a team would have to have some cap space that they're willing to commit to him, but he's got tenure now in the league. He's got experience. He's got playoff experience, and um, you know he's performed mostly quite well for his career. RockAuto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. 
Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. Next up is Josh Norman, a 2020 free agent signing, 33 years old. He turns 34 in December. His contract is expired. He completed his one-year $6 million deal with the team. In 2020, he played in nine games with three starts and was on the field for 31% of the Bills' defensive snaps. In 2020, Josh Norman earned $19,230 per snap. Good money if you could find it, huh? And uh, as far as his review, he wasn't completely awful like I expected him to be. You guys heard me talk about how I thought he has really (laughs) beyond plateaued as a player. He's a guy that couldn't afford to lose a step, and he's lost a step. He doesn't have the speed to run with receivers in the NFL anymore. And, you know, fortunately for the Bills, I think in a way, I know this sounds weird, fortunately he didn't have to play that much, right? Only 31% of the snaps, nine games, three starts. And when both Wallace and Norman were healthy, Wallace was the starter, but Norman kind of platooned and played situationally. To Josh Norman's credit, he did make a few plays, right? The strip against the Raiders was a big-time play. And then he had the pick six against the Miami Dolphins in week 17 that really kind of put that game out of hand. So he had some positive moments. And I think the real benefit here is that he didn't have to play a ton. So teams you know, just didn't have that opportunity, a big enough sample size of snaps for them to just torch him like I thought could be the case this year. But I mean, at the end of the day, $6 million for Josh Norman is, is not good especially when you start thinking about rollover cap space. And the Bills went and got like Josh Norman like before free agency really kicked off, and they had a chance to really evaluate more players that would come through and be available that they could have went after. I mean, wouldn't you have rather the Bills brought in Xavier Rhodes instead of Josh Norman? And maybe you would have had a better output from your CB2? But here we are, and I keep going back to it, but when you look at what the Bills paid Josh Norman and Trent Murphy this past year, in addition to other players, right, there's other players that the Bills overpaid, but those two in particular, Brian Winters as well, what was his price tag, about $3 million? I mean, you're talking about some serious money and some veteran players that really didn't help your team. So I remain disappointed that this signing ever happened, but I do acknowledge that he wasn't completely awful like I expected him to be, and he made a couple of plays. For 2021, in terms of his outlook, I don't expect him to be back unless it's for like the veteran minimum. I think he's Josh Norman has overachieved for his entire career. He's made a ton of money. If he wants to keep playing, it's probably in Buffalo, and it's probably for a very low cost. But... You know, I'd be more than satisfied moving on from Josh Norman. Dane Jackson, 
a 2020 seventh-round pick, 24 years old. He turns 25 in November. He's under contract for the season one year, $780,000. In 2020, he played in five games with two starts and was on the field for 19% of the team's defensive snaps and 10% of the special team snaps. As far as his 2020 review, this guy flashed, right? I mean, he had some really good moments. You think about that start against the Jets, kind of thrown into the fire and played really, really well. I love how aggressive he was as a tackler. He was aggressive when he was challenged in coverage. I mean, he was targeted 17 times, and he forced five incompletions, four pass breakups, and obviously the interception. But you love the aggressiveness and the confidence that he played with. There were times that he was matched up against DK Metcalf in the Seattle game. He had a nice pass breakup against DeAndre Hopkins in the Arizona game. I mean, the moments didn't look too big for him. So uh, you love those flashes. And as far as his outlook for 2020, I mean, I think he's got to be in the mix for sure. Let's assume Levi Wallace is back. I mean, it could be a Dane Jackson versus Levi Wallace competition for CB2. Now, I would be somewhat disappointed because, you know, I, I, th- I think that you'd be limited still in the amount of man coverage you can run because neither one of them are like plus athletes. They're both below average athletes for the position. But, you know, if you want to play some more press coverage, you'd be a little bit more physical at the line of scrimmage. You know, Dane Jackson's that type of player. Let me read you the, uh, the summary section for my scouting report on Dane Jackson to give you an idea of what I thought he could be in the NFL uh, after I evaluated him at Pittsburgh. I said, Pittsburgh cornerback Dane Jackson enters the NFL after logging 41 career starts as a three-year starter for the Panthers. When studying his tape, it's easy to fall in love with how aggressive he plays, whether it's driving forward on a route, crowding a receiver, tackling, or competing at the catch point. Jackson competes like an alpha. With that said, his tendency to be over-eager leads to a world of problems, and his modest physical traits don't allow for much air. His best role at the next level is likely to come as a slot corner where he has the ability to be a featured player in sub-packages. So I, I think a lot of my report is true based on what we saw in you know, a fairly small sample size from Dane Jackson as a rookie, except for I thought he was going to play in the slot, and uh, you know he wound up being successful outside, right, in the boundary. So um, that interchangeability, I think, is helpful for Dane Jackson, right? The more you can do, if you can play inside and outside, that's going to be a major help to him uh, to make the team and and carve out a role. So I'm interested in Dane Jackson, and uh, I think uh, he's potentially in the mix to uh, compete to start opposite of Trey White in 2021. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The football season might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline.ag even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit when you use our promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. We've got several more players to get to and I saved all the slot corners for this segment, right? So we kind of talk about all the outside options, 
The rest of the way here, we're focused on slot corners, and we'll start with Taron Johnson, a uh, 2018 fourth-round pick. He's 24 years old. He turns 25 in July. He's entering year four of a four-year, $3.1 million deal. So his contract's up after 2021, something to be mindful of. In 2020, he played in 16 games with 11 starts, was on the field for 78% of the defensive snaps and 39% of the special team snaps. As far as his review, I mean, that dude struggled big time early in the season. In fact, remember, he was benched for Cam Lewis for that Tennessee game and then into the Kansas City game. Cam Lewis wind up getting injured and Taron Johnson got his job back. Uh, and then he started to play better. I think from week 10 on, he played really, really well. And obviously, he played better, but I think the season that Taron Johnson had is going to be defined by two plays. The pick six against Pittsburgh, which really jump-started the Bills' uh, win there, right? I mean, it was kind of a tight game. The Bills' offense was kind of fluttering. All of a sudden, Taron Johnson takes one back for, to the house. The Bills' offense picks it up, and defensively, they, they continue to play at a high level that game. And then, of course, in the playoffs against Baltimore. I mean, that was a game-changing moment. So, uh, look, I mean, early season struggles, picked it up starting about week 10, and then two, like, they're not even, like, massive plays. They're, like, monumental plays within the course of the season, in my mind. So, you love to see those moments. Like, we're going to always remember Taron Johnson for those two plays, especially the pick six against Baltimore. So you love that he's delivered those moments for us. So as far as my outlook for Taron Johnson in 2021, I mean, it's a contract year for him. So you kind of expect to get the best version of Taron Johnson. But I want to see him be that player we saw from week 10 on and never the one that we saw before that in the season. Now, I will say one other note with Taron Johnson is that it was good to see him healthy. He played 1,005 snaps for the Bills in 2020. Before that, in 2019, he only played 504 snaps, and in 2018, only 405. I mean, a lot of injuries in his first two seasons. He played all 16 games uh, in 2020, and so hopefully that continues for him and that he's found the right mix of uh, conditioning and training to have his body ready for a 16-game schedule and some of those shoulder injuries that he dealt with early in his career are behind him. So, you know, he finished really, really strong, and that really changed the narrative uh, for Taron Johnson because, man, it was ugly uh, early in the season. Next up is Saran Neal, a 2018 fifth-round pick, 26 years old. He turns 27 in August. He's entering year four of a four-year $2.7 million deal. In 2020, he played in 16 games with zero starts, was on the field for 10% of the snaps on defense with really most of those coming in Week 17 against Miami, and of course on the field for 61% of the special team snaps. As far as his 2020 review, I mean, he's a special teams ace. He led the team in special teams tackles, and uh, that's where his value is, right? He's a four-phase special teams player. Obviously, he doesn't really factor into things defensively. That's been a trend, right? Like, you think about the trajectory of Saran Neal, it's been less and less on defense, which really says a lot, right, about the team and where they what they think of him as a defensive player. You know, maybe situationally they, they'll have him come in and jam a guy at the line of scrimmage or he's going to play in garbage time or, you know, week 17 when they're trying to rest guys. But Sean McDermott has made it pretty clear based on 
how infrequently he plays on defense that they don't really want him on the field for defense, but he brings great value on special teams, you know, as a gunner, as a guy that can get down the field on kickoff and obviously block on punt return and kick return. So for 2021, I'm looking for more of the same special teams, like be a great special teams player, provide some depth, but um, you know, let us, uh, let us remember you for what you do on teams. So uh, I, you know, I don't know if he's a player that has a long career with the bills beyond 20, 21, right? This is the last year of his deal. But, you know, you're talking about a fifth year, a fifth round pick that's going to be a, a rostered player for you, most likely for four seasons, and, um, you know, plays out the duration of his contract and gives you depth in special teams. I mean, I, I think that's that's a major hit to me in, a fi- in, the, in the fifth round, right? I, I like that a lot. The last player we'll talk about is Cam Lewis. Uh, 2019 undrafted free agent. He's 23, turns 24 in April. He's entering year two of a two-year, $1.3 million deal. In 2020, he played in five games with two starts, was on the field for 7% of the defensive snaps. As far as his 2020 review, I mean, he took Taron Johnson's job. And maybe that had a lot more to do with Taron Johnson playing bad than you know Cam Lewis actually earning it and, and being a guy that can upgrade because I don't think he played well when he got a chance to play. But for the Tennessee game and before he got hurt against Kansas City, I mean, Cam Lewis was a starting slot corner for the Buffalo Bills. I don't think he did anything that convinces me that he's you know in line to do that next year. But I think you have to give him some credit. And part of that could have just been the Bills' defense was reeling. Taron Johnson was playing poorly, and they had to mix up some of the combinations. And it wasn't just you know Taron Johnson that lost his his job. I mean Harrison Phillips and Trent Murphy were kind of phased out there for a little bit too. So uh, good good on Cam Lewis for being a UDFA and finding you know an opportunity to start two games and play in five in his second season in the NFL. So as far as his 2021 outlook, I mean I think he's probably a practice squad player that gives you some depth in the slot and you're happy that he's got some game experience under his belt. And you know, who knows if he doesn't hurt his wrist if if he winds up having a more meaningful uh season. But um you know, look, I I don't think there shouldn't be any disappointment in Cam Lewis. Uh he's been around and in year 3 he'll he'll have that chance to uh to prove himself as a rosterable player. Uh, and if not, he'll be on the practice squad and and you know, I think that's a good depth player to have, you know, kind of in the back pocket there. So what's the overview on the Bills' cornerback situation? Um, Trey White's an elite player. And then, like, what's the deal with with cornerback two? Is Levi Wallace back? Can Dane Jackson win that job? Does Josh Norman return on a minimum deal? And if so, like, what type of role does he play? Do the Bills make an early pick at a cornerback in the first, second, or third round, something like that, to get a young, talented player in here? We'll see. You know, those are all possibilities. But right now, like Levi Wallace and Josh Norman are not under contract for the Buffalo Bills. So things have to happen here. So it's going to be interesting. And then in the slot, you've got Taron Johnson back, but he's on an expiring deal. So it'll be interesting to see how his season plays out and if the Bills extend him or if they start thinking, yeah, we kind of have to find, you know, our new slot corner because we don't necessarily want to pay Taron Johnson beyond this year. So we got some question marks here. It's interesting, uh, and, it, and it's a really valuable and meaningful position. And 
you know, part of me would love to see more versatility from these guys, not just that they can play like inside and outside, because they do have that in Dane Jackson who who can do that. And I think that, uh, you know, Trey White's a guy that can match and move around and, and line up against other teams, number one receivers. But like, if you really want to play some more man coverage, you have got to get some guys in here with some athleticism. It can't just be scrappy dudes that are smart and aggressive and tackle well. And that's not going to work. If you want a guy that can play man coverage opposite of Trey White, then <laughs> you got to do something about getting some athletes in here that can mirror and match patterns. Because uh, right now they don't have they don't have those types of players. And and for me, you know, you, you heard me talk a little bit on herd mentality that I think scheme multiplicity is is really critical in the NFL right now. Not just alignments, right? Not just three four or four three or three three five or you know whatever you want to do in terms of you know alignment. I'm talking personnel groupings and being able to mix up zone and man coverage. You can't just can't just play either one all the time. And um, in order to have those options, you need guys with traits. And so uh, yeah, I'm looking for. I'm looking for the construction of this room to include some some plus athletes at some point so that you have those options at your disposal to run man coverage without putting um, Cole Hardman on the field against Levi Wallace because that doesn't end well. We know that. So there you have it. The performance review as it relates to the Buffalo Bills cornerbacks in 2020. Thanks so much for listening. As a reminder, tomorrow, Bruce Nolan joining the podcast. Don't miss it. I kindly ask that you subscribe to the podcast, rate it, review it, share it. All that stuff is so helpful, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.